people want to be able to relate to you and they want to watch you and be like, oh my gosh, I feel you or I'm having a hard day too or, you know, whatever it might be. Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better, and be a positive force in our communities. But we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one size fits all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. Hey there, listeners. I know today's episode is going to just be so, so fulfilling. I'm sitting down today with Nicole Kearns of Hill House Diaries. Now, you may already follow her on Instagram, where she has over 100,000 followers. Maybe you've seen her on TikTok, where she has over 170,000 followers. Or maybe you just know her personally. She is a small-town Iowa mom, a mostly self-taught DIYer, who lives to help people create homes and spaces full of intention and ingenuity. And I've loved following her for years because she always has a way of taking something that seems so grand and making it approachable. For example, in a recent binge watch, I was following along as she was resurfacing her countertops. And I love that she doesn't just show the pretty polished side of things as we talk about in depth in today's interview, but she also shows some of the challenges or maybe where things went a little bit awry. In today's episode, we also talk about being vulnerable. We talk about changes in social media in the last year. We talk about being intentional with time and with family and business. We talk about all the things. Honestly, when I sat down, I was expecting to mostly talk about DIY and building a social media following, but today's episode is so much deeper and it really did touch me in the feels. So I'm entirely so grateful for Nicole spending time with me and now spending time with you. And I know this is going to be an episode that you just love. So without further ado, here is today's episode with Nicole Kearns of Hill House Diaries. Nicole, thank you so much for being here today. I cannot wait to either introduce you to listeners or for listeners who are a longtime follower of Hill House Diaries that they can see a little bit deeper into the behind the scenes. So thank you for being here. I am so excited to be here and I thank you so much for just asking me to do this. I'm honored. Um, I... Back in the fall of 2022, I just did a cold outreach to you in the Instagram DMs like, hey, um, I have this podcast. I'd love to have you on. And like then I went and watched your stories to realize that you were in Florida in the middle of a hurricane. And I was like, oh my gosh, 
Molly, read the room, but I appreciate you for sticking with me and saying, oh yeah, I'll be up for it. Even though I was like totally, (laughs) totally oblivious to what was going on in the real life. So thank you for doing all this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Honestly, it was not a big deal at all. We were trapped inside because of the hurricane that we were in. And so I had my phone available and I was just answering DMs and I was like, yeah, of course. Sure. Well, why don't I give the mic to you for a second? For those of us who aren't familiar with you, can you give us a little bit of information about who you are, what you do, and what your passion is for? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Nicole, obviously. Honestly, I'm just a small town, average, stay-at-home mom of three um, that was just looking for something more than being a stay-at-home mom. I think sometimes it's a taboo thing to say, But being just a stay-at-home mom wasn't fulfilling me, if I'm being honest. So I needed something that was going to bring my identity back. Um, I felt like I was losing my identity in just being a mom. Um, So I stumbled upon Instagram through a friend of mine who had just kind of started her journey. And I've always used the platform as a consumer, but I honestly never thought about doing anything more with it than that until she kind of talked to me about how she was doing it. I've always loved DIY, but I was the type of person who would come up with all the projects and then I would pass them off to my husband and be like, okay, now you execute the projects, right? So I never did it myself, but I always brainstormed all the ideas and the projects. So I was actually really excited to kind of dive into it myself, I guess. With that, I'm mostly a self-taught DIYer. So my husband has helped me some with learning like ins and outs of the power tools and things like that. Um, But for the most part, I've kind of just dove into it. My mom has always taught me growing up that like if I want something, I need to do it and I need to learn how to do it. So I kind of just took that mindset and I ran with it. And I hope my goal with this platform is really to inspire other women or men for that matter, just other individuals to just go for it. Just do it. If Even if it's something that you're scared of or something that you're nervous about, it's obtainable and you just need to, you just need to dive in, right? Like a lot of people are wanting all the details and wanting a specific starting point. And my best advice, honestly, is to just to just dive in headfirst and just do it. I think this is fascinating. I'm always so intrigued by the projects that you bring to your posts, reels, and stories. And I think it's because of the reason that you say where you're like, here's what I'm going for. And you'll often have like an inspiration picture. And then you're like, here's how I'm going to try this. And you bring out the tools that you're using or the products that you're going to incorporate into this project. And then you show yourself the successes or maybe where you have to redo things. I know one that comes to my mind that I loved was like, I think it was a coffee table that you were building and you were like, well, it didn't work out the way I thought it would. So I'm going to try something again. And to your point, I think a lot of us, we have all of this information, just a fingertip away on our phones. And so we're really conditioned to like, look for the step-by-step first and then do something. But I love that you are encouraging people to just get their hands messy and try these things. I think that is such, I don't know if I'd call it a lost art, but it's definitely an art form that isn't as emphasized 
in this technological age. So tell me a little bit about like, what are some things that stick out in your mind? I don't know if this was on the prep sheet, like what, but like, are there any projects or are there any moments that you can go back to and say like, this is a time where I thought it was going to turn out one way. It turned out another way. And I learned a big lesson. You know what? Honestly, I just want to touch on that for a second. My theory is simply that everything is fixable, right? So it's okay to make mistakes. I'm a human. I make mistakes all the time. And I never want to portray in my DIY projects or just life in general that I never make mistakes. Because to be completely honest with you, almost every project that I've ever done, there's been some type of mistake made. And that's the reason that I share that stuff is because you're going to make mistakes just jumping into a project, but it's okay because it can be fixed. Whatever it is, it can be fixed. So I just, um, you're talking about my concrete coffee table, which I've never <laughs> finished yet um, because, you know, it just kind of got shoved to the wayside after I made a couple of mistakes on it and I couldn't quite figure it out. I was getting a little bit frustrated. And so I just kind of set it to the side and it's still sitting in my garage. It's just perfect. The ideas are percolating right now. Yes, exactly. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should do this next time, whatever. But yeah, I just, I just want everyone to know that like, it's okay to make mistakes and you're, you're going to make mistakes. I mean, I've been doing this for three years and I still, I still mess up. Right. And it's okay because we can fix it and we learn from it. So as far as specific projects that, I mean, that I've learned like big lessons through, honestly, I, I could literally sit here and look through my entire house and I can tell you um, that I've made a mistake on almost every project that I've done, whether it's big or small. Some of them are just like, oh, I cut the board the wrong size or, you know, some of them are like, I got halfway through the project and I'm like, okay, shoot, this is not going to work, whatever it is. But there's been mistakes on almost every project that I've done. And I'm okay with that because I can still look around my house and I can still be like so proud of the things that I have done, mistakes or not, you know? Mm, I love that. That is, yes, that's something that we can all take to heart so that when we think about these things that we want to pursue, whether it's a DIY project, whether it's a business idea, whether it's just like trying to join a local club. Like sometimes we can get so much in our heads and say, if it's not perfect, then I shouldn't pursue it. And Mm -hmm. I think you're making a great point. That'll be relevant to all listeners, regardless of what they're exactly thinking about taking that next step on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it can definitely apply to more than just DIY, right? Like I think, like you said, we, we have this like perfect, this image of like how things are supposed to go and that things are supposed to be like perfect when we try something new. But the reality of it is, is that it's most likely not going to be perfect. Right. So it's okay that it's not because we can fix it and we can learn from it. So. Mm, I feel, okay. Interview over. Thank you so much for being here. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, Okay. So let's go back to some of the things you were talking about briefly in your introduction when you said that you've always kind of been the idea person. You had these things that you want that you'd see and you wanted to bring into your own home and living spaces. So when do you think that you really got that like DIY bug? When did you start noticing that you had these design ideas, but you really 
like went from asking your husband to help be the executor to saying, I'm going to do this myself. Is there a time frame or is there a particular moment or project that came about that you're like, I want to get my hands on this one myself? So honestly, it was kind of right when I started looking at Instagram as like, okay, how could I make this kind of a thing, right? Like after my friend had introduced me to it and she kind of said, okay, so I've been posting on Instagram and I've been doing this, this, and this and making a little bit of side income that I was like, oh, okay, how could I do that, right? At that time, my husband and I are still doing our DIY projects. My husband, I guess I should say, is doing the DIY projects around the house, but nothing was getting done in, I hate to say a timely manner because I do give him so much credit because he does work a full-time job and then comes home and we have three kids to take care of. And so not by his fault was it not getting done, but we just have a busy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm an impatient person. If I want something, if I want something done, I kind of want it done now, which isn't (laughs) a great, it's not a great quality to have, but it's just the truth. That's just kind of who I am. And so when I kind of looked at Instagram as like, oh, what could I do? That was really the only thing. The first thing and the only thing that came to my mind was, well, DIY, because I want these projects done and we're doing them anyways. And so I can share, you know, how I can do them. So the first project I can remember vividly, the first project that I wanted to take on myself was our vent hood above the cooktop, the range. and. I'm not sure why or what got into me, but I looked at, there was like a a tutorial that I was following kind of like a, a guide. And I looked at it and I thought, okay, I think I could do that. And I, I don't know. It was not, it was not the best first project if I'm being honest, because (laughs) there's so many angles and cuts and Mind you, I'd never even used a saw, but I was like, oh yeah, I could do that. And I didn't even know how to cut, let alone cut an angle on something. And so- I love your confidence though. That's great. Oh my gosh. I was just like, I, and I told my husband, I was like, I want to do this by myself. And he's like, okay, okay. <laughs> um, and he was very good at kind of just letting me dive in. But you know, I just said to him, I need you to teach me just how to learn how to, to use the saw. And then I'm going to follow this, the instructions, and I'm going to do it. Like, I want to do it myself. Well, needless to say, I didn't end up doing that project completely by myself because there was a lot that I learned through it just about power tools and things in general. But it was that project that kind of just um, was the tip of the iceberg for me that I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, I know that I can learn how to use some of these things. And maybe this was a little bit of a hard project to start with, but it did help me gain some of that confidence to just say, okay, I'm going to start a little bit smaller, but I know, I know that I can do this. Like I can jump in and I can, if I can help my husband build that, then I can definitely do an accent wall by myself. That to me is so fascinating because I am not, I'm, Sounds similar to you where I'm like, I have ideas, I see things that I like, and then I've got a talented husband and a talented mother-in-law who can make it happen. So to see you taking these ideas and having that moment where you decide, I'm going to try this. To me, that's very inspiring because you're taking the matter into your own hands and, you know, 
getting it done. Mm-hmm. And I love that you bit off that big project at the beginning and you could test the waters and then say, all right, let's learn from this and we'll scale back for a time. And I'm curious to know, did you take that first project right to Instagram in like the middle of it? Or was it something where you're like, I'm going to do this and then I'll bring it to Instagram? So I, if I remember right, my memory is bad. And that was like three years ago. But if I remember right, I did show some of the progress in my stories at the time. Um, but I don't believe at that time that I was like comfortable with showing how hard things were. Right. Um, I've definitely gotten more comfortable with that through time. And I think that I've learned that that's what people want to see is like the realness of it and that I do make mistakes. But at that time it was kind of like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to build this vent hood and I'm just going to shove my husband out of the screen for a second while I, (laughs) you know, nail this piece together, whatever I'm doing. Um, but so I did show that in my stories, but I, I don't think that I was quite as vulnerable, I guess you could say at that point as I am doing my projects now. And I think that's a learning curve for a lot of entrepreneurs who choose to use social media. At the beginning, we want everything to be polished and perfect mm-hmm. and show just the rosy side of things. But like you just mentioned, what the followers online really like to see, especially recently in the last few years, I'm finding this happen more and more, is they don't want to see that polished stuff all of the time. There's a place for brand photography. There's a place for professional level video, but there's also something that can't be quantified when you just show up as your raw self and you just say, Hey, here's how it is. Like that will just connect you and endear you to your audience in a way that the polished things just don't. And so I love that you brought that to the table because for listeners of this podcast, opening up and showing the real side of your business, not to say that you have to show every single part of it, but allowing for that slow progress into getting vulnerable and being authentic is one of the best things you can do to grow a social media following and community. Oh, I 100% agree with that. I think that's like my biggest tip, honestly, or like takeaway if someone's wanting to grow their business is to just be yourself and be authentic. And it doesn't matter if that's If you're a hot mess, be a hot mess. If you are funny, be funny, right? But people, I have noticed, like you said, I've noticed this shift in like social media in general, probably within the last like year or so that people aren't wanting to see all of the beautiful, like curated stuff all of the time, right? Like it's fun to see that stuff and that stuff gives us inspiration and that's kind of where we get some of our ideas from and We want to see, you know, how projects turn out and the final like style look of them or whatever, but we also want to see the dirty stuff that goes into that project and making that project really come to life. And, you know, whether that's again, a DIY project or it's just like motherhood or your life in general, right? Like people want to be able to relate to you and they want to watch you and be like, oh my gosh, I feel you or I'm having a hard day too, or, you know, whatever it might be. They just love the like real raw human aspect of it. I think. I entirely agree. And I think 
it helps people feel like it's something that they can do too, because they see like the HGTVs of the world and it's like, yeah, they've got a crew. Yeah, they've got a camera crew too and PR teams and stuff like that. But when we go to our favorite people online, it's like, yeah, she's doing this with three kids just like me. Yeah, she's doing this in the middle of rural Iowa, not New York City. And so it makes it accessible and it gives people that feeling that they can be empowered enough to pursue these things too. And so I'm 100% on board with you. I think that authenticity and peeling back that pressure of needing to be polished and perfect just in order to show up. Like that's the best thing you can do. A hundred percent. And I think as a creator, it's made it a little bit easier, dare I say, um, because it is hard to show up and try to be polished and perfect every day when that's not, that's not how life is, right? Like mm-hmm. no one has a perfect, <laughs> a perfect daily life. Even if you do have help on the side or daycare or your kids are at school or whatever, there's still things that come up. And I think as a creator, it's just been so much easier to, I mean, it is a learning curve, but to share that vulnerability and just have like the positive response to it, to know that people can relate to that and to know that people want to see that it's just become easier than trying to act like everything is great and your projects go perfect every single time. And that's just not, that's just not reality. So when did you discover that showing all the sides of a project was something that helped your community come closer together and grow that Instagram following. When did you start to like see, okay, they want to see that behind the scenes and those mistakes. And when did this start to sink in and show you that it was successful you received by your following? So I would say that that's still been like a fairly new thing for me. Um, my page started as strictly DIY and I didn't really share much of my family life or my home life or motherhood or anything else other than DIY for a really long time. Because what I discovered in the very beginning was that's what my people were there to see was my projects. And anytime I would show something other than a project per se, my following or my story views or whatever it was kind of took a a hit or a dip, right? And so that's when I kind of took it to myself to say, okay, they're here for DIY, right? Like my people want to see DIY. But I will say as Instagram and social media kind of took this shift in the last year of showing more of like the raw and real stuff, that's when I kind of came on here and became more vulnerable. And I will be honest, 2022 was a really hard year for me. I had a lot going on in my personal life that was challenging. So it was hard for me to get on here and show my face and again, pretend that everything was great when everything behind the scenes maybe wasn't great. And I don't mean that I was necessarily vulnerable in the fact that I shared every single detail of what was going on in my life, but more so just that like I was struggling that day and I was having a hard day and I have stuff going on. And just like a reminder to others to just be kind because you never know what's going on behind the scenes, right? So I think it was honestly within this last year that I was having like personal struggles that I 
got on and I noticed that people really were able to relate to that and that people really cared about that, right? They, I had so many people, there was one time that I can remember that I got on last year and it was in like February when I was just having a really hard time in my personal life. And I can remember not dwelling on what was going on because that wasn't really for me to share, but more so just saying that I was struggling and I wasn't going to be showing my face. And when I did show my face, that I may not always be in the best mood and it's okay. But the response that I got from that was overwhelming. And I got so many people that reached out to me that were like, I hope everything is okay. And, you know, take time off of social media and do whatever you need to do. And it was kind of more so in that moment that I was like, okay, people really do care and they do really want to see more than just my DIY projects, right? So I think it was really just over this last year that I really discovered how vulnerable people really want you to be. I think that's very interesting because I noticed that shift happened last year too. And I even have been talking to our podcast listeners and people in certain programs here at MKM about how prior to 2022, even maybe late 2021, I feel like we were working in a different era of social media. Like there were things that I'm sure you did during your startup phase that would like totally knock it out of the park. And those same strategies and approaches in 2022, there was just something about them where they just didn't strike the same chord as they did. But in this newer era, which I've been calling social media 2.0 or Instagram 2.0, it's the personal side more than ever. And to your point about just showing up and saying, here's how I am. And it's getting those DMs from people who you wouldn't maybe even know that they were so invested, but they're just, they're like following along with your story. And then when you open up, it's like, they're there in your DMs saying, Hey, I've been following for a long time. I just want to make sure you're doing okay. And it's, really more than ever in 2022 and now as we're entering 2023, that we're in this different era of social media where it's, again, emphasizing people first, relationships first, community first, and then like the strategies of getting there can change, but it's all about the relationships that you're building. And you built relationships through DIY projects and community and education and other people might build it different ways, but it's again, prioritizing the people first more than ever in 2022, whether that's you as the person or the people on the other side of the screens. Oh, I 100% agree with that. And I think that it's funny because I think a lot of times we think we have to live this extravagant, interesting lifestyle for people to be interested in our life, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because it was just last week or the week before, I can't remember that I decided to share like a day in my life on my stories on Instagram. And my fear, I talked to my manager about this prior to that. And I was like, I just don't live an interesting lifestyle. I don't go out for lunch every single day. Like I'm, you know, I take my kids to and from school. Like my life just isn't super interesting. And she was like, share it anyways, because I guarantee you people want to see that and they are interested in that. And so I was like, okay, well, here I go. You know, and I basically told my followers, okay, buckle up. Here comes a day in my life. And I shared, you know, everything about that day. And it was an exceptionally busy day. Not all of my days are as busy as that one was, but it happened to be just the day that I was sharing. And 
the feedback that I got from it was, I mean, it, it shocked me because so many people were like, oh my gosh, I loved watching that. And I watched every video from start to finish because I was excited to see like, what are you doing next? And I could relate so much to your day, like to and from school 40,000 times and just all the things. And again, it was just that reminder of like, okay, people are interested in just average people like me, right? Like I'm not, I had compared it when I was talking with my manager, I had compared it to a couple of really, really large lifestyle accounts. And I was like, I don't have an interesting life like they do. And she was like, it doesn't matter. Trust me. Like it doesn't matter. So it was just kind of a reminder that like people do want to see all of you and they do care about that kind of stuff. And it's intriguing to people to just see a normal human's everyday life. I think that is huge. And listeners, like this is a huge takeaway from this episode. What you said, you don't have to lead this extraordinarily busy or extravagant lifestyle. And I've done that same thing before. It's been a few years. Like now you're reminding me like, oh yeah, I should do that again. But I remember when my kids were little in my first years of business too, I do 24 hours of MKM and I just do like, here's what we're making for breakfast. Here's me buckling my kids into the car. And it would always be conversation starters. And people would be like, I wear that brand of shoes or, oh my gosh, you tried out. I remember one time I tried out like these false magnetic false eyelashes. And I was like, here's me trying to do makeup terribly. And the amount of DMs that people send, even in this like no frills, just as it is format, that's again, what creates that community feeling where people feel comfortable enough to send you that message. They feel like you're approachable and Mm -hmm. you start to go from feeling like you're one little fish in this big sea of Instagram to feeling like, oh, I'm creating friendships. I'm creating relationships. And this is what it's all about. And that's how that community ball really gets rolling. Yeah. 100%. Oh, this is, we could talk social media and marketing (laughs) stuff like all day. This is so much fun. I know. I know. (laughs) Um, Okay. So for people listening who are like, okay, We've talked about building community. We've talked about like how to show yourself and be authentic and vulnerable, but that's only part of what you do. Like you're still busy doing the actual projects and you're showing the products you use. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you also collaborate with different people and brands and things like that. So I know you just mentioned that you have a manager, but how do you, how do you keep all of these things going? Is there a process, and this wasn't on the prep sheet, I apologize, but like, how do you keep all of this organized and knowing what is going to be tackled next or how you're going to move the needle as a content creator and business owner? Okay. Well, first, let me just say, I am not the most organized person. It may appear that I am organized or that I have all of my ducks in a row, but I, I will say I definitely do not. I try but I don't. (laughs) Um, I, over the years, because my Instagram has grown, I do have some help on the back end, and not everyone sees that or knows that. Mm -hmm. I'm fine sharing that. I just don't publicly say like I have help, but I do. So I have a manager that handles all of my brand collaborations and negotiations. So she reaches out to brands for me, and then she also takes like incoming inquiries for me, and she does all of my negotiating and 
handles all of the brand collaborations part of it. For a long time, I have actually also had an assistant, a virtual assistant, that will help me with just all sorts of behind the scenes tasks. Because there are several platforms, right? I do Instagram, I do TikTok, I just have started kind of diving into YouTube a little bit. Um, And then there's like affiliate things like Amazon affiliate links and like to know it. And it's just, it's a lot for one person to take on. And so what I've discovered over the years is that I can't do it all myself and be successful. Like I, I just can't. And also my biggest goal for 2023 is really to be intentional And that includes being intentional in my business. It includes being intentional in my family life, like with my kids. It includes being intentional basically in just every small aspect of my life. I really want to hone in on that one thing at that one time and then move on to whatever is next, right? So over the years, I think I've just discovered that, again, I can't do it all. And I personally, not everyone agrees with this, but I personally would rather make less income and have help and keep my sanity than try to do it all myself and feel completely overwhelmed and not have any help. So I, I do have help keeping me somewhat organized on the back end, but I'm still very much so a hot mess if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> I love that you're sharing that part of it because from you know, knowing and interacting with you just through Instagram, it can look, and I will say that this is a testament to how well everything comes off for your account, but it looks like you're doing all of this yourself, right? And I think that one of the best things that we can inform the public about is like, this is like, it takes a team to accomplish and to execute at this level. And it might seem like you can do all of these things like affiliate link organizing and creating content, but the time investment in all of that stuff is considerable. And I love that you brought up having a manager and a virtual assistant. And in my 2023 looking ahead, I want people to know that the way that we as women are living and working is changing and shifting. And we are having these these career paths emerge like content creation, like virtual assistants. And it might not look like the traditional career paths that we learned in school, but these are how we can use modern technologies and how interconnected we can be from so far away to really create lives and businesses that we are proud of and that fill us up. And your point about being intentional this year, I feel like that's a theme I've heard from so many women even though we're only a few weeks into the new year, conversations that I've been involved in over and over again with women are like, I'm looking at all of the things that I do and I'm really honing in on what is essential and what are those things that I do, but they maybe served me for a time, but they don't anymore. So I can take that off my plate. And I love that you're approaching everything with intention because it can be a matter of we're saying yes to so many things. And then all of a sudden we're lost. And I know earlier you said that as a stay-at-home mom, you started to feel like you'd kind of lost a bit of your identity. And I think as business owners, we can have that same thing happen if we don't start saying no or analyzing what's in front of us. And this intention, this conscious analyzing of what we're doing 
is a key part of making sure that the business we started is the business that's going to keep fulfilling us as the years go by. So thank you for bringing all of that up. Yeah, of course. And I think like, it's important to note too, I didn't dive into this career, I guess you could say, I didn't dive into this with a manager or a virtual assistant right off the bat, right? Like I, when I initially jumped into this, I was only doing Instagram and it was only me trying to figure all of this out. And so on the flip side of that, I want people to know that you can do this. You can do this by yourself and you can start this kind of a business, but it takes time and it takes it takes a lot of hard work to get to where you probably want to be or to the point that you you can hire help. But know too that it's doable and it's obtainable. You just have to work really hard at it. And I still do I mean, you'll notice like in the summertime, especially when my kids aren't in school, my kids are around me almost 24 seven. Yes, they go to Mm -hmm. daycare a little bit here and there, but I am still mostly a stay at home mom. And so my kids are very much present in my DIYs and my day to day life. And so it isn't the fact that like I have a manager and I have a virtual assistant, but I, I don't also have like a full time nanny watching my children. Um, I still do a lot of this stuff myself. And so with kids, you know, in tow. And so Mm -hmm. just, again, like on the flip side, just know that it is possible to still do it, even if you don't have help. I think one of the first, uh, one of the first projects that really sticks out in my mind is I think you guys were doing a garage I can't remember if it was like your bar in your garage or if you were doing some organizing, but in my head, I can like see how the kids were in the background and you were working and the kids were there and present too. And absolutely, like you can have them there and still be doing the work that it takes to keep this account and keep this business going. And a question I had to follow up on what you'd said a little bit ago, what was that point where you went from, you were doing Instagram, you were doing most of the things yourself. What was that like tipping point where you realized, I think I need to bring someone else in to keep this, um, to keep executing at the level I want to. So I, I've always kind of had this like entrepreneurial spirit, I guess you could say I have, I, I take after my dad. I have all these ideas floating in my head and I want to like execute them all. Even if I don't, think that they're going to last or they're going to work. And I get so much flack from my mom and my sister for that, but I love it. Like, I love that part of my brain. That's like, let's just try it. What, what's the worst that can happen, right? It doesn't work. Okay. Okay. Then it doesn't work. It is what it is. But so I think like initially right off the bat, I just kind of ran with it and I was like, okay, I can do this. Again, at that point, I was only doing Instagram. I wasn't doing TikTok and I wasn't doing YouTube and I didn't have affiliate links and stuff like that. It was just strictly Instagram. And so I was like, okay, I got this. I can do this. And it was really more so the point that like when I started to bring in income, because initially it was just free product that I would get or $100 here and there or whatever. It was when I started to see more of like the income potential of it, like, oh, I can make not just $100, but $1,000 for this project or from this brand or whatever it is that I was like, okay, okay. So I, you know, take that into account in the back of my head. And the more I kind of got going with that, of course, like the more hungry it makes you, you want to continue to do more, right? But again, I found myself 
probably like a year into it, I, I found myself constantly being on my phone and my kids would be sitting here playing in the living room and I would have my phone in front of my face or my computer in front of my face. And I was working. And there was part of me that was somewhat proud of like me working hard to bring that to our family. And then there was another part of me that felt a lot of shame because I was like, mm -hmm. I am constantly having this screen in front of my face while my kids are around me. And I don't want them to only remember that part of me. So one of my daughters came home from school and I think it was like for Mother's Day or something like that, where they asked their, the kids the questions about their mom and what do they do? And one of my kids answers was she works on her phone. And I was like, that is not what I want my kids to remember. Like mm -hmm. that really hit me. And my husband just kind of looked at me like, oh, like I know that how that's making you feel. And I was like, okay that's enough because I just, I just don't want, you know, we live in such a society that we're like, don't give your kids screens 24 seven and things like that. And my kids do have screen time, but I don't want to contradict that by saying, I'm going to have my phone in front of me 24 seven because that's my job, but you can't do that. And so it really was in that moment where one of my daughters had mentioned that or sometimes they'll say, put your phone away or get off of your phone. And I'm like, okay, it's those reminders, those like gentle reminders that I need that kind of at that time made me realize, okay, I need help because I, I can't, I don't think that I can do all of the things. I don't think that I can dive into another social media platform and be successful with it while also being a mom. Because again, I know it sounds kind of conflicting, but I didn't want to just be a mom, but when my kids are present, I want to be a mom. But I just, I needed something to find my own identity, but I don't want that to overtake my life either. So it was really like at that point when the income started to come in and my kids kind of kept saying, put your phone away or mom's on her phone or mom's working that I was like, okay, I need to separate these two things and I need some help because I I don't have enough time in my day to do it all. So that's when I initially had hired, I believe I hired a manager first. It's been a while, but I believe I hired a manager first just to take on like my brand deals. Um, and then after a while I was like, okay, I can't do, I still feel like I'm drowning, right? Like I still feel like I can't do all of the things. And so then I hired a virtual assistant. And again, it was a discussion between my husband and I, but I was like, I would rather make less money and pay someone to help me than to constantly have my phone in front of my face. I think this is so indicative of your, your thoughtfulness and being intentional. I think this is some of the intentionality that you're talking about for 2023 already showing up in the years that you've been in business. And for people who are listening, whether you have a business or not, there are going to be these seasons of life, right? And so for a while, you bring in help, like you talked about after hiring that manager, and then it was great for a while. And then you started feeling that you were being pulled back into some of the things that you'd set out to take off your plate. And so you knew it was time to bring in that virtual assistant. And so as, as we grow businesses and we go through these seasons, Things are going to shift and what works for a little bit will probably have to change and it be adjusted. And I think that your story there really just shows that how in tune to yourself you are and how having this 
mindset of intentionality is really key because otherwise as a business owner, you can get entirely sucked in. As a mom, you can get entirely sucked in. And if you're someone who wants to have a semblance of balance, you have to be tuned into yourself and know where those boundaries are being pushed a little too far. Yes, 100%. Okay, so we have talked about a whole bunch of things. And I was like, I think we're going to talk mostly about DIY, but I have loved this conversation so much. This has been so fun and we're getting close on time. So I do want to ask for people who are listening, where can they follow you? Where can they find you online if they want to see some of these projects and follow along with your behind the scenes? So I'm mostly present. I would say I'm mostly present on my Instagram at Hill House Diaries. I have in the last, gosh, I don't know, year and a half or so dove into TikTok and I have a pretty strong presence on TikTok. Um, but that is that is a completely different community of people. Let me just say. TikTok I was going to ask you about that too. Oh There's like gosh. different audiences on different Ooh. platforms, right? TikTok is rough. It is rough. Um, it's just not, I haven't found that it's as easy to build like I can build my following easier on TikTok, but I can't necessarily build like that tight knit community of people like I have on Instagram on TikTok. I just haven't quite discovered how to do that because I feel like anything that I post, people are very controversial and they like to put their thoughts out there and say whatever they want to say, whether it's nice or not nice. So TikTok has been a little bit rougher, but I am present on TikTok and recently um, have kind of started to dive into the YouTube world. But again, to that just takes so much time and it's just a completely different platform. So more, if you want to find the most of my stuff, I would say Instagram is the best place to start. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So we end every interview with what I call the small talk round. It's a couple of just off the cuff questions. I did not prepare you for these. Are you okay. willing to play along for a little bit? Okay. Let's do it. All right. Question number one, what two items do you always have within arm's reach of you? A child and a cup of coffee. Love it. All right. Question number two, what is your favorite product or brand of power tool? Oh, well, I would say I have two. Can I say two? Go for it. I have, I have primarily heart tools in my garage, which I think is a very good beginner friendly brand. Um, but my husband and I also have used DeWalt for a long time and we're lovers of DeWalt, but that is definitely a higher end not as beginner brand. So both of those. I have a husband who's a farmer and he also is very handy and he has like a large toolkit. And I, much like people have favorite handbags, people have favorite tool brands. And if you talk about Milwaukee <laughs> versus DeWalt, like, you know, fights can ensue. So I was like, I wonder if she'll even put her, like if she'll step into that, but yeah. I locked yeah. the question your way anyway. Thank you for playing along. Of course. All right. Question number three, what's a project you have on a bucket list that you hope to tackle in 2023? Okay, I'm not so sure if this will happen in 2023 since we're building a house, but on my bucket list is I really, 
as we're building our new house, I've been kind of trying to figure out what room I can do a bunk room in for my girls. Mm -hmm. Um, I really wanted to do that in this house until I found out that we were moving. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to go to all that effort to build a bunk room, like a really fun bunk room in this house if we're going to be selling it. So that is on my bucket list for sure is like a three or four bed, like really fun bunk room for my kiddos. Oh, that'll be fun to watch. So everybody go follow her so you can see this, (laughs) not just the home build, but this bunk room come to life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One last question. As you look back at all that you've accomplished on let's, so we could really keep this wide, but let's narrow it in on all that you've accomplished as far as the DIY space. What is the thing you are most proud of? Ooh, that's a good question. I am most proud of the vulnerability that I have had with it. Um, Sharing that, but also like in my own headspace, just like telling myself that it's fixable and that it's okay if I make mistakes. Um, But then also sharing that with others, just being really vulnerable because that's not always an easy thing to do, right? It's easy to, sometimes it's easy to put on a front and act like it's perfect when it's not. And sometimes that's not easy, but I think that's what I'm most proud of is just being very open and honest about all of that. Mm. And I think that's the perfect way to end this because here on the found podcast, it's about not just founding a business. It's about finding yourself along the way. And I think that speaks to the mission. So I thank you so much, Nicole. This has been such a pleasure and I appreciate you coming on here. We will make sure that we link to all of your platforms and we'll tell people to be nice when they go over to TikTok, maybe flood you with some love over there. But thank you. I hope you definitely feel the love from me on this side of the screen because this has really just been a pleasure this morning. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Honestly, this kind of stuff always intimidates me a little bit because it pulls me out of my comfort zone, but I always say yes to it anyways, because we need to be pulled out of our comfort zone once in a while. And I have, I always have so much fun with it. So I appreciate that you just asked me to even be on it because it's been so fun. This will be, yes, this will be the first of hopefully many times that you and I can chat, but thank you. Of course. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.